Okay, we are back with another exciting episode of The Real Couple. Uh, we are The Real Couple. I am Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we're The Real Couple. So today we are continuing, almost done, but not quite there yet. But we are continuing our Terminator series. Uh, this time we are uh, talking about the second to last installment. Uh, tell us the title, page. Terminator Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Um, so before we, we get into the actual movie itself, uh, going into it, did you have any preconceived ideas of what this was going to be? No. Did, I'd been pretty let down by the previous two films, yeah. so my expectations were fairly low. Yeah. Um, you did know Amelia Clark was in this one? Yes. Okay. Did you know any other cast members? Arnold. Okay. Um, but, uh, like, I know during the movie you didn't really recognize Jason Clark, the guy who played John Connor. Yeah, not really. Okay. You didn't know Matt Smith was in this? I did not know Matt Smith was in okay. this. I mean, he's, like, barely in it. Yeah, I, I, I he remember him. He has, like, him... 60 seconds of screen time. Yeah, I remembered him having a much bigger role. The first time I saw it, and it's not that he, it's not that his role isn't big, it's just that his role isn't long. Like, mm-hmm. But the the role that he plays does affect the story in a pretty major way. Um, but yeah, so what do you think of it overall? I actually liked it. Yeah, I, I think I remember uh, coming out of the theater when I originally saw it, being pretty happy with it. But then I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for actually liking it, but whatever. I don't um, really care. But yeah, as the years went on and I just heard more and more that it wasn't a very good movie, I just kind of found myself believing that and like, oh yeah, you're right, that did suck. And as we were rewatching it, there was a lot about it that I was like, this works really well for the most part. Mm-hmm. There are a few things, um, like I mentioned to you and I guess we'll just get into spoilers. So, spoiler warnings now in effect. Um, I did think that making John Connor the villain was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a dumb move, kind of a uh, not well thought out move. In what it's, way? Uh, it's almost like making, I don't know, you know how a lot of people got really pissed with The Last Jedi because Luke Skywalker isn't the hero they wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if they just straight up made Luke turn evil. It You know, it's it's the guy that's always been our hero. Uh, John Connor is always, uh, other than in uh, Terminator's, well, okay, in most of the films he is a, a main character. But... The way the the series started in Terminator One, he's like this idealized, um, almost borderline mythological character. It, it may be a little um, blasphemous to say he's almost like Aslan or something, but he he's sort of this. Um, even though it's something that happens in the future, he feels like this mystical magical type character because in 
most of the movies other than Terminator Salvation, even when he's the character is present in the film, the John Connor we've heard of is still something he hasn't attained yet. It's it's a form of himself he he isn't yet at. And so to finally get to see John Connor in his prime, mm-hmm. in you know, his full glory, and then he immediately becomes the main villain is just kind of, I don't know. If, if you're going to make a movie where I finally get to see John Connor, just let me see John Connor. But on that same vein, who would they have made the villain? Because we've seen so many movies where it's just another Terminator. Yeah. Where it's Skynet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to make five movies, you've got to come up with something. Yeah. I just feel like... I don't know. I, I feel like there's a way of making another term like Skynet. That's the point. Like they're like fictitious Nazis or something. Like they're never going to be the good guys. They're always going to be a threat. And so just constantly relying on them to supply you with another antagonist seems like a good place to look for antagonists because they have them in abundance. And so... Well, I mean, they've made John Connor into a Terminator. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, have them corrupt another random human and send that human back, but don't don't make it John Connor, you know? Almost like... um, I've shown you all of the X-Men movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a movie where uh, Professor Xavier is making poor decisions and being kind of an asshole, I feel like those are oftentimes the shittier X-Men films. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he starts, um, we find out that he's been screwing around with Gene's mind in X-Men 3. X-Men 3 is kind of a crappy movie. Then it's not just that he's screwing with Gene's mind, but he's also being an egotistical piece of shit in Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And Dark Phoenix is dog shit. Mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix is absolutely trash being poured into your naked eyeballs for two hours. Um, That's and aggressive. I, right? And I think a lot of that is because no one wants to see Professor Xavier be the problem. I don't really want to see John Connor be the problem. I get that. Um, I do agree. I was just okay. playing devil's advocate. Okay, cool, cool. Um, one thing that annoyed me as someone who did not see all the trailers uh, and yes. know all of the trivia going into the movie, um, I was very confused at the beginning mm-hmm. because in the first like five minutes, they undo what three and four did yeah which you knew going into the film that that was going to happen and so i was on this crazy ride trying to figure out okay so three and four don't exist and one like kind of exists but then like kind of gets redone and the timeline confused me yeah granted anything involving time travel i just cannot comprehend for some reason this is a rough series for that. Though. And so that was a little frustrating for me. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, rolled with the punches pretty well. 
I tried. Um, and honestly, that's actually something that I do really like about this movie is that uh, I would say for the first time since uh, probably since Terminator 2, time travel plays enough of a role in messing with the the overall timeline that it really expects the audience to be able to uh, kind of do that math in their head. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if this comes back, like the first film, it's like, wait, John Connor sent Kyle Reese back. But no, uh, Kyle Reese can't be John's father because, well, wait, yeah, he can because now he's sent back in time. So technically, wow, okay. It just wow. hurts my brain. Yeah. I can't um, do it. I, I really like the sophisticated nature. Like, I've said it so many times. Making just a, a slasher horror film that has, like, a sci-fi vibe to it, like Terminator, is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. But then the level that they go into with time travel is what really makes Terminator a fascinating movie that's worthy of getting five sequels over the years it did answer my question from one of our previous episodes on who created the time travel yeah the answer is skynet yeah and it's funny the like day after we recorded that i thought about it and i was like it was obviously skynet like it's so blatantly with skynet because uh and we talked about this in the first terminator movie kyle reese is only sent back in time in response to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator being sent back in time. There's really no... Which I adored Arnold's character in this movie. He's really good, yeah. And I know their whole, like, old but not obsolete Mm -hmm. line was just to explain why Arnold is so old in this movie. But I thought he was so endearing and so cute and so just loving... Yeah. And I love that with time travel, they were able to kind of change the timeline for Sarah Connor so that she was already a badass by the time Kyle Reese got there. Because mm-hmm. like when John is sending him back, he's like, hey, she's going to be a waitress. She's not going to know how to defend herself, all this stuff. And then he gets there and she's already killed a Terminator and she has a Terminator BFF. And how adorable is it that she calls him Pops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. And then when he sends them in the time travel machine thing and he just goes, I'll take the long way. It was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, several things with that. I I do really like the fact that they finally figured out a way of like we want to bring Schwarzenegger back to play the Terminator again however we recognize that it's getting unfair to expect Arnold to get physically back to where he was which he did he got back to the same measurements okay um for this one too yeah wow um so that is very impressive but even still He's getting to the the point where his face, yeah, you, he has wrinkles, cannot, he has gray yeah, hair. You can't just do like 
bicep curls and push-ups and stuff and take wrinkles out of your face. Like, you can dye your hair, but to constantly require that level of effort from your actor, like, you need to be in well, our new Well, it's been, what, movie. like 30 years yeah. between these movies? I don't know exactly how long. I'm going to figure it out. It's been you a keep long talking. Time, I'm going to do some math. Um, uh, I think... 35 at least um but yeah so telling arnold schwarzenegger we want to make another terminator movie obviously you need to come back so we need all of these physical requirements from you muscularly but also we're gonna need to like on top of that do makeup and special effects to de-age you that's just mean 31 years 31 is the answer um so the fact that the script writers figured out, okay, we can still make this work. However, we're just going to need to send Arnold's character back in time, like, to earlier, and then have him sort of play the long game so that we can have Arnold Schwarzenegger be in the movie looking like he does right now in time. Mm-hmm. And it works in the concept of the story. I, I really do like that. And I know their explanation of it was so just simple, but it was effective for me how they're like, oh, yeah, well, they put human skin on the Terminator. So obviously human skin is going to age. Some may call that lazy script writing. I was not upset by it. Yeah, no. And I just loved Arnold in this movie. And I think that's also... A testament to James Cameron's script for Terminator 1. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't contradict the rules that he established back Not in the original all. film. They don't say that the Terminator that's after Sarah Connor in the first film is covered in like a... A synthetic in, skin Yeah, or whatever. it's not a synthetic skin. It's legitimately they recreated human flesh. Um, and he mentions that the T-600s look shitty. Because they were covered in rubber Mm -hmm. in an attempt to make it look like flesh. And you could immediately uh, notice which ones were fake people. But then the T-800s have actual organic flesh. And that's what um, makes them difficult to spot. And the time travel machine... uh, That's just called a time machine, you dumbass. Um, The time machine. uh, (laughs) I think they have a fancier name for it in the movie, but I just can't remember what it is. Quantum deconfigulifier. That's exactly what it is. Good job. Yeah. Um, So that thing, it can't send like exposed metal or something. It can only send Mm -hmm. organic. Organic material. And so... uh, that's what makes it possible to send a Terminator back is the fact that they are completely covered in organic flesh. Mm. And so when John Connor and, or no, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor have to jump from, I think, 78 to 2013 or 2017, something like that. Um, that's why Pops needs to stay back. Because the skin has been burned off of his arm because of the, um, the acid. acid. And so now he has exposed metal. So he's no longer to allow, able to travel with them. And so, yeah, the way this script writes in all of these complications 
that are all fully obeying the rules established by the first film, I think is, is really, um, an, an amazing feat in paying attention to the, the minute details of the ser- story you're working. Oh, with. absolutely. Um, and this movie felt like a Terminator movie to me. Yeah. Unlike the previous garbage that we saw. Yeah. The, the more I think about, uh, your statement that Salvation doesn't feel like a Terminator movie, the more I, I think it really does feel like a Terminator movie. It It's telling a different chapter. Or it's telling a chapter of the Terminator continuity that we haven't seen as much, but it definitely still feels Terminator to me because it starts... We're going to agree to disagree on this okay. one. Um, I can't remember if I said in the last episode, but I do love that they talk about the T-600s in Terminator 1, and then we get to see T-600s mm-hmm. in Salvation. Um, I I do... It's kind of sad, but I also fully accept it. Um, I like that we get to see John Connor meeting Kyle Reese in Terminator Salvation, but then they nix that in this one and have yeah. Kyle Reese and John Connor make contact with each other when Kyle Reese is like he's like eight or eight something or nine something like that and I think that works a lot better because when Kyle Reese gets sent back in time in Terminator 1 it feels like he's been fighting alongside John Connor yeah. for a very long time and it feels like he knew Sarah Connor yeah and like he does in Genesis yeah and in Salvation like I said I think the time travel in the Salvation storyline, wouldn't be able to happen until approximately 10 years after the credits roll in Salvation. But, yeah, the concept that Kyle Reese doesn't join the Resistance until he's much older, probably mm-hmm. like early to mid-20s, um, I think they they got a really, really good actor for the role. But unfortunately, that actor was old enough that it kind of messed with their mm-hmm. continuity in some ways. And so with this movie, I liked that uh, they just said, nope, they met when he was way younger. And now that he's much older, you know almost exactly how much time yeah. he's been side by side with John. Um, I also really liked J.K. Simmons' character Yeah, in like, this movie. Like I said, I had fully forgotten that J.K. Simmons was in this. And which is strange because he plays a pretty big role. Yeah, he showed up and I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of a little bit kind of remember this. And by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, how do you forget that? That's a massive part of this story. Um, I just loved learning that he improvised a lot of his mm-hmm. lines. And uh, when he said the line about the T-800 that says, you know, it blows a door clean off, you know, for people who can't do that themselves. Um, Arnold's reaction and I guess stare of surprise is a genuine reaction to J.K. Simmons in that moment. Yeah. Um, that is another thing. And it's, it's really interesting watching the progression of the Terminator series because with each new movie, they're able to get like bigger and bigger names Mm -hmm. so like in the first movie arnold schwarzenegger had done conan 
and f- one or two other things. But he really wasn't a big deal actor. Yeah. Uh, then I don't know if... Um, shoot, the actress of Sarah Connor. Um, Linda Hamilton? Yeah, Linda Hamilton. I, uh, I feel like she'd probably already done the Beauty and the Beast TV show. Um, but... I'm not sure if that came after or not. Um, and then Michael Bean uh, had, you know, he had uh, Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, Aliens came after Terminator. Um, so, yeah, like, because of the Terminator movies, uh, or the first one, that put those three much more on the map. And then in Terminator 2... We had Edward Furlong, but he's a kid, so he's not that big of a name. There's no mm-hmm. way he is. Um, and then uh, I don't think the – I always forget the actor who played the T-1000, but I don't think he was a very big name. But then all of a sudden in Terminator 3, we get Claire Danes, which is a decently well-known name at that point in time, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, yeah, I can't really think of any – huge names in Terminator 3 outside of that. But then all of a sudden we get Terminator Salvation. We get Christian Bale. Christian Bale. We get Anton Yelchin. We get um, Common. It's so big. We get Terry Crews to just play a carcass. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so yeah. And then with Dark Fate, or uh, sorry, Genesis, we're now getting like every main character is a big deal actor at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Amelia Clark is huge. This comes yeah. out like halfway through Game of Thrones, back when everyone loved Game of Thrones. <laughs> so that was big. We get uh, Jason Clark, who um, I haven't seen a ton of Jason Clark movies, but the stuff I've seen Jason Clark in, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's the one of the two main characters. In one of my top, I'd say th- top three favorite films of all time. He plays uh, Malcolm in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, then we get uh, Matt Smith pretty much right after his run on Doctor Who, which is, you know, he's a big name at this point. Jai Courtney, at this point, he's in tons of action movies and stuff. We haven't seen Jai Courtney nearly as much the last few years, but when Terminator Genesis came out, he was a very big name. Um, then there's there's J.K. Simmons to play kind of a side role. Um, it was just v- really, really impressive how many big names they got for this. And I think a lot of them play their roles very, very well. Um, even with the fact that I don't really dig what they did with John Connor's character, I still think Jason Clark played that role very, very well. Um, so, yeah. Really so why do you cast. think it only has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes? Because that score shocks me. Yeah. Um, I think... I feel like any time... Uh, for better or worse, anytime the concept that, you know, this new movie in this franchise is going to retcon certain movies uh, previously, but not all, I think 
that kind of alienates some of the audience if if you have some people who really liked Terminator 3 or really liked Terminator Salvation or something to suddenly have this new movie that's like, yeah, we're just going to, going to ignore those. Um, that can kind of worry people. Uh, like I said, I think the concept of making John Connor evil rubbed people the wrong way. Um, I think the, the concept of uh, rewriting the events of the first Terminator movie, which that is one thing I feel like uh, if you ever put yourself in a place to mess with the continuity of the first two Terminator movies, as far as sci-fi goes, uh, sci-fi movies in general, the first two Terminator movies are some of the most... uh, revered and almost uh like sacred films mm-hmm. um doing anything to undo what happened in those movies a lot of people are just going to immediately check check themselves out at that point um and i mean you know if if someone were to thinking of some of my favorite movies um, if there was ever a time where someone tried to, I don't know, remake Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where they acknowledged that Rise of the Planet of the Apes happened, but now we're going to redo the events of Dawn, I'd be pretty pissed. Um, so yeah, I think stepping on and changing up what happened in Terminator 1 is a big reason why people hated this movie. And... I think uh, the the type of people who are critics on Rotten Tomatoes recognize the importance of the first two Terminator movies. And so anything that's going to step on the toes of those is immediately going to be in hot water with a lot of critics. That makes sense. Um, as we were re-watching this, something that really stood out to me the future stuff in those first scenes, I really love the look of all of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's done well. I, um, one thing that as we were re-watching Terminator Salvation that was just like, dang it, come on. Every time we see the future wars in Terminator 1 and 2, humans have laser guns. Like, it's it's laser guns versus laser guns. And you hear like the 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 mm-hmm. shooting sound effect, and then we get Terminator Salvation. We're finally going to see the future war, and for some reason, mankind is still using bullets, and it just doesn't feel that futury. Yeah. And so seeing Terminator Genesis starts out, and everyone has laser guns, and that helped it feel. Uh, I, I think that may be um, one of those things that makes it feel more Terminator. Um, I think uh, I think this is the first time that the Terminator endoskeletons are done with CGI instead of like physical um, practical effects or with stop motion. And I think the we're at a point in time when this came out that you can really do CGI metal really, really well. Mm-hmm. Give it that nice chrome shine to it. Um, and they look good. Um, 
so yeah, I was very, very happy with that. The concept of getting to see the moment when Kyle Reese is sent back in time, I thought that was done really well and cool. Um, I think once they do go back in time, that scene at uh, Griffith, Griffith Observatory where Arnold stands up and they recreate the shots from yeah. the first movie, I thought that looked so good, especially coming off the back of Terminator Salvation where they tried to digitally recreate Arnold and, and it's not, it's not well. great. <laughs> and in this, it felt like they remastered footage from the original. I really liked the metal CGI in mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. It felt reminiscent of T2, but obviously better because... Oh, you're talking about the liquid. Yeah, the, the liquid metal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought those effects were super well done. Yeah. Um, it obviously wasn't like a breakthrough like it was with T2, but at this point you can use that brilliant concept that T2 gave us and really just swing for the fences with it. And there are several times when, yeah, there's a moment where they like blast a hole in the windshield and the T1000 like melts through the hole in the windshield and then he's nailing on the hood i loved that there's a moment where someone i think hits him in the face and he goes flying back but as he hits the ground he like reforms in the kneeling position yeah i thought that was and there was one point where he comes out of like a door or a cage or something and it was ah now i can't remember exactly what it was shoot what does he do he just like comes out of it okay um there's one moment that uh is done much quicker like surprisingly quick in terminator 2 but in this one they like throw him somehow and he starts walking backwards and then just liquefies and stuff so he's facing forward again Mm -hmm. do you remember that Mm -hmm. so many of those things you watch Terminator 2, and it's like, oh my gosh, this was the first time this had ever been done. That's amazing. Like, these effects are just mind-boggling. And now you're able to see those same things and be like, this is a walk in the park for CGI artists these days. Mm-hmm. But it's still such a cool idea. And, yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I mentioned my gripes with the T... I think TX, whatever they call her, in... Uh, Terminator 3, mm-hmm. they just tried to like, okay, we've seen a T-800 and a T-1000. We need to up it again. We yeah. need to come up with something bigger and badder and cooler and meaner. And so the concept that two movies after that, they're like, no, the T-1000's ferocious. Let's do the T-1000 again. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then they do John Connor and try to make him bigger and badder and meaner and scarier. And yeah. I I do enjoy like when um John Connor's like flesh stuff like gets blown away. His face has like a muscular looking like a, a nanotech or whatever. Yeah, like it, it looks like a skeleton but with the muscles on. Um almost kind of Vecna-esque. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um for sorry, Vecna as a reference to the Stranger, uh, Things. Stranger Things villain, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, I think the the look 
of that face, the design, is cool. But, um, yeah, maybe just, like, assign that role to someone other than the John Connor character. I Um, did like the music in this one. Yeah. I felt like it was notable. Yeah. Which is Um, probably because Hans Zimmer did it. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. Um, I, I think they really do a good job of, um, hitting you with the, um, they hit you with those four notes almost as a, as a way of notifying you something badass is happening Mm -hmm. and it works so well. It really like gets my emotions right there in the movie. It's hard for me to be like just sitting on the couch like, yeah, whatever. This movie sucks. Because, yeah, there are decently good moments that then hit me with that piece of music that I love. And I'm like, I, I can't hate this. My my heartbeat's starting to race. I'm invested. Yeah, cool, cool. And they, they know how to use those four notes. And it gets me every time. Um, one thing in the Griffith Park Observatory moment, or maybe it's after that, I can't remember. But uh, at some point, uh, T-800 goes to hand a 50 caliber sniper rifle to Sarah Connor. And as soon as he, like, they're both holding it, and then he lets go, and it just hits the floor. Because it's a very, very heavy gun. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a T-800. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that moment where Arnold lets go and you have to remember one of these characters is a human being, the other is not. And, you know, something might look not very heavy in one person's hand. And then in the other, it reminds the audience, this is a big fucking gun. And I, I thought that was just such a tiny moment that as soon as it happened, my brain was like, ah, I like it. Uh, so that was cool. Um, one thing, and I feel like I've noticed this a little bit in previous Terminator movies, but in this one, it's like right in your face. And I was like, please stop guys. This is ridiculous. The, the cops, uh, find Kyle Reese and like they arrest him or something like that. But then they mention like, His name is Kyle Reese, which is impossible because Kyle Reese is a nine-year-old kid who lives across town. It's possible that multiple people are named Kyle Reese. Well, they did it because his prints matched, not just the name. Okay. I I feel like the prints matching was brought up later in the story. I, I thought early in the story it's just verbally stated, but... I thought it was just the prince. I could be wrong. Maybe. Um, Yeah, because I I thought there was a moment where it was like, it's a nine-year-old kid, and then it's like, I bet the prince will even match, or something. I thought there was some line of dialogue alluding to the fact that they hadn't yet run the prince, but I I could be off on that. Um, But, uh, okay. One big issue and this is not just terminator genesis this is becoming popular with hollywood and i desperately hope it stops but when they're talking about genesis as this new app and everyone's really looking forward to it they're gonna freak out oh my gosh it's gonna be insane 
the script tries to like scold mankind for being addicted to their cell phones and stuff. No, you're not allowed to do that. I shouldn't be watching a screen telling me to stop looking at screens. <laughs> like, screw you. Um, especially when you're a sci-fi movie. Being like, oh man, as a futuristic sci-fi movie, we're here to tell you that that futuristic little rectangle in your pocket is the devil. Also, why did they make Genesis this holographic child yeah there's never once been a time where i'm like oh my gosh there's a new app coming out and it has a mascot thing like there are totally apps that are coming out that i'm like oh that's a cool logo also that's another thing i get excited about apps after they come out and establish themselves as quality right there's never before been i've a thing. never counted down for the next Apple iOS or yeah but also with Genesis this seems like the first product to be coming from this company it's not like yeah Facebook being like next month we're gonna become meta instead of Facebook because yeah when they were like we're gonna become meta everyone was like what does that even mean shut up go away what I think people still think that yeah yes <laughs> yeah very good point but with Genesis in the movie, it's almost like if this new company was coming out and they were like, we're about to launch an app, it's called Snapchat, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I'll wait until midnight for the launch. Like, Look how cute the ghost is. And then when they're like, you've heard of Genesis? What is it? Tell me all about it. The guy's like, oh my gosh, it's going to link all of my stuff. And it's like, like a Google account? Like Google Docs and Google Sheets? Okay. Like, as the guy is raving about this, I'm like, that sounds run-of-the-mill as hell. Right. I do not understand what on earth Genesis is bringing to the table. That Like, it would have made sense if that part was mentioned in, you know, the 1984 film when they're like, ooh, the future. Yeah. Not in 2015 when you already have smartphones and yeah. all of that shit yeah whenever i like um i buy a lot of movies on itunes if there was ever a moment where i were to like hop on my apple tv or something and it was like hey i bought a new movie yesterday why is kung fu panda 3 not showing up on this device i'd be hella pissed it's not like whenever an apple product is like you know that thing you bought on your iphone well, it's showing up here on your computer. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I would download a countdown for this. This is changing my life. Apple, you can take over the world if you want to. Like, yeah, I, there was no moment where they explained anything that made Genesis worth having on your phone. No. Like, just having that icon on my home screen would be taking up too much space. Yeah, so that, and I think that comes down to people who are old enough to write a script for a major Hollywood movie are too old to understand how to write apps into their script. Agreed. They know how plot structure At works. At least in 2015. Yeah, they know how plot structure works. They know how to impress people with a story, but they do not understand how to impress the general public with an app 
And so they're like, oh man, what would be just crazy? What would be the most insane? Oh my gosh. If, if it, okay. If your phone, okay. If your phone was just listening to your conversations and you were like, we're almost out of eggs and it added eggs to your shopping list. Wouldn't that be insane? And all of the other like mid fifties writers in the room are like, Jerry, that would change my world. Oh my gosh. What if the app, if I could control my lawnmower with the same app and he's like, Oh my gosh. Or if I could like, if I could order new new balance sneakers with that same app. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's clearly just a bunch of boomers that are like, what are kids like? And yeah. Um, and yeah, this is not at all the only movie I've ever seen. That's like, people need to get off their cell phones. But every time I see it in a movie, I'm like, I don't want to be watching this anymore. Um, I've, I've mentioned this before because of the animation. I did want to see it, but because of the story communicated to me by the trailer, I kind of refused to see, uh, what's that one movie? Uh, like the Marshalls versus the machines or something. Mitchell's versus the Mitchell's versus the machines. I think that's it. Um, or Mitchell's against the machines, something like that. I think it was up for best animated picture last year or something. But yeah, animation-wise, it looks pretty interesting. Story-wise, it looks so like, we've got to go on a camp out to teach my kids that technology isn't the... And it's... It is the Mitchells versus the machines. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, thought that was done. Um, we already covered that. Um, oh, they... Uh, I forget exactly what they're doing beforehand, but... Uh, oh, uh, the T-800, or the Guardian... Arnold Schwarzenegger's guardian character shows them all of the weapons that he's been accumulating and stuff. Then they're like, okay, we have to go right now. And they go and they steal the first vehicle they see. And it's a school bus. You can hotwire any vehicle and you go with the school bus. How about something that has a top speed higher than like 50 miles an hour? How about something that can do zero to 60 in less than a minute and a half? Like, it's so weird. And it's so common for Terminator movies. They always steal the biggest vehicle instead of the fastest vehicle. And I don't understand it. I mean, I do. It leads to higher stakes in in your uh, upcoming uh, chase scene. Bridge scene. Yeah, Yeah. if you want to flip a you know, Toyota Corolla on a bridge. Like you're affecting like three people. If you flip a school bus on a bridge, you're affecting the entire bridge. I get it. But still, uh, if I were any of those three characters, I'd be like, strategically, this is stupid and we deserve to die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah. Uh, Oh, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but there's a lot of humor in this movie. And I think almost all of it works really, really well. Every time it really seems like I'm supposed to laugh at this moment, I'm laughing. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger tries to smile like two or three times in the movie. Oh my gosh, it's so funny every time. It's so good, yeah. Um, And which, it's, it's great when he was being taught how to smile in Terminator 2. And then I think he tried it again in Terminator 3. And it sucks because nothing is funny in Terminator 3. But yeah, every time he does the smile joke in Genesis, 
Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, oh, at one point, I think it's uh, John Connor's underneath the bus, and he yanks out the drive shaft, and it, like, impales and also vaults the vehicle over. I'm pretty sure they did that exact same move in the first... I think it was the first Wonder Woman movie. Now that I'm saying it, I'm nearly positive it's the second Wonder Woman movie. But yeah, they uh, they vaulted a vehicle with, with its own drive shaft in Wonder Woman. Um, at some point, the main characters all get arrested, and the movie plays the song Bad Boys. And as soon as they're finished uh, taking their mug shots, the song stops. And it boggles my mind that they spent enough money to get the song Bad Boys only to use... I hope they got a discount. Maybe. I doubt it. I I feel like if you're like, hey, can we use the song Bad Boys in our movie? If I was like, okay, yeah, is it like a student film? Like, you know, I'll give it to you for like 20 bucks. As soon as they're like, no, it's the new Terminator movie. I'd be like, huh, price just went up. Price just went up in a big way. A big, fat, bad way. Um, so, yeah. Why, why buy it? Um... Oh, and then finally, my last point to make, um, I forgot how good that helicopter chase scene was. That, yeah. as I was rewatching it, I was like, this is relentless. This is a really, really good chase scene. Um, I thought the way it started, where they like take off, but they're only hovering a few feet above the ground, and then they just like drift off the side. And then the they side, like fall. And yeah. Arnold just like sits back, like leans back into it as it's falling off the building. Ooh, I thought that whole sequence was really, really phenomenal. And then uh, like just flying between buildings and uh, then the whole like going below the bridge and John Connor's a machine. So he's able to like sort of do the corkscrew between the um, cables and stuff. Um Really, really, uh, conceptually an impressive chase scene. Um, at the same time, this is in the same series as the helicopter chase from Terminator 2, which, if you remember that... Yeah, that the, scene was... When they're uh, in the pickup truck and the helicopter mm-hmm. flies under the overpass. That was practical. Yeah, that was actually done. I found out somewhere that apparently it was so insane that I guess the helicopter pilot was willing and able to do it, but the stunt cameramen, like the stunt team that works the camera, they were like, hell no, we're not doing this. Screw you, we're out. And so James Cameron himself was like, fine, get out of here, I'll do it. And so he just got in the, I I can't remember... Like, he drove the truck, or he was in the back of the truck, or maybe he did both, but yeah, somehow he filmed that himself, because the crew refused to do it, because it was so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's an amazing thing to do with helicopters in a chase scene. Um, oh, and then there's a, another moment in T2 where it like has to go up and over a bridge, and like the landing gear comes so close to catching. Oh my gosh, I almost shit my pants watching that. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I saw a post online today. That it's a clip of a science article that said scientists have created programmable shape-shifting liquid metal. And then right underneath it, it's a picture of Sarah Connor that says, do you want Terminators? Because that's how you get Terminators. Yeah, I saw that today as well. <laughs> I thought I was it was like, very timely. <laughs> so great. Um, 
Yeah. I'll have to share that one. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And then, uh, oh, I do remember <laughs> there's a, a moment where uh, they... Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Guardian, gets hit, and he falls into, like, this liquid metal stuff, and you see it, like, go into the recesses of his uh, endoskeleton skull. And then um, a couple minutes later, he comes back, but he's, like, shape-shifting, and you got really worried. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the movie just told us that he can do that now, or something. Do you remember that? I don't. Okay. Um... Yeah, he kind of gets a T-800 or T-1000 upgrade at the very end or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as we've seen in the trivia for this movie, uh, apparently this was originally intended to be the kickoff to a new trilogy. Just same with uh, Terminator Salvation. And because this just didn't do well at all, they nixed the, the other two movies. Um I would love to see sequels to this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would watch them. Yeah. With that said, I really like Dark Fate, and I'm really excited. Well, Dark for... Fate's back to James Cameron. Uh, Isn't it? I don't think so. I think James Cameron produced, but didn't direct. Because oh. I'm pretty sure the director is the guy who directed Deadpool. Oh. Um, which we just saw a... Um, Corridor Crew episode on Terminator Dark Fate and Deadpool. Um, if And this is a shout-out to Corridor Crew, if any of our listeners don't watch uh, Stuntmen React, Special Effects Artists React, and Animators React. Corridor Crew has some phenomenal videos. Go check them out. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm really, really excited to show you Dark Fate. Um, but yeah, if, if there was ever a way to either um, get um, the sequels to Genesis made, or I would love to see a world where um, it could just be done cheaper. Like if, if you were to like, I can't get the budget for a, a huge big deal movie, but I can get a pretty good team together and we can render pretty much what my, uh, concept was we can render it all in Unreal Engine 5 or something and they just sort of released almost um, to make it look like the same way video game trailers look mm -hmm. I would love to see you know just sort of a, a rough um, rendering of what they intended the the second two movies to be I think that could be so cool um, but yeah um, any other thoughts to add Nope. nope. I think we pretty well covered it. Yeah. Um, performances I thought were great. Special effects, like I said, I think all of that was, was really, really good. Either doing future stuff or just making young Arnold look photorealistic. Um, the cinematography I thought was, was pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. um, choreography, yeah, I, I liked those fights. And we mentioned the music was good. All right. Who do you want to meet? Ryan Hamilton. Ryan Hamilton. Sorry, which one's Ryan Hamilton? I'm brain farting right now. The comedian? Oh, Ryan Hamilton, the comedian. That is a very good one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to Ryan Hamilton. Obviously, all of you guys have Netflix. Ryan Hamilton's Happy Face. An hour-long stand-up comedy special. Really, really good. Go check it out. He's phenomenal. Um, yeah, for uh, for my Who Do I Want to Meet, um, oof, 
man, I, I don't have one uh, prepped this week, but uh, let's just throw out, uh, let's keep the Ryans going. I want to meet Ryan Reynolds. Good choice. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds seems like a guy I would get along with well. So. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if you like the uh, platform you're listening to us on, go ahead and, and stay there. But if you want to change up platforms, uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. But at the same time, probably not Radio Public because we can't figure out how to make Radio Public work. So, yeah. Um, hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It's been a blast. I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun with this series. I've had a lot of fun recording tonight. Um, and One more Terminator film to go. One more Terminator film to go. And um, I haven't uh, checked yet, but um, I don't know if we've gotten anybody uh, hitting up our, our DMs or anything telling us what the next series you want us to watch is. Um, so do that. Yeah. Don't make huh. us choose. Yeah, Tell we, us what to do. Little known fact, we have an Instagram account. It's the.real.couple. So head on over there. Um, either comment on the post about this episode or just slide right into our DMs. Slide right on in. You're welcome. We uh, yeah. we just washed the sheets. So Cute. just slide on in there. Oh, like no, that. No, washing the sheets is a good thing. Not washing the sheets. It just sounds gross. No, not washing the sheets sounds gross. Washing the sheets sounds cleanly and nice. Don't be weird like Dallas. Just tell us what you want us to watch next. There's no um, penalty for being weird like me. It's fine. Um, But yeah, just slide into our DMs and let us know what the next series we should watch is. Or maybe maybe we do a poll. Maybe we uh, do um, an Insta Stories poll. Um, But then again, you guys still need to tell us what the options on that poll should be so get off your lazy ass and get in our dms this is getting worse every time i say it It really is we're just gonna say goodbye bye bye